Welcome to the BJJ Camps podcast. We have just finished a wonderful weekend with Fionn Davis. How are you feeling? I'm very tired, but it was really good. Tired, so. broken. <laughs> I've just said out there to somebody that my body's literally vibrating with tension. It's just, that's it. I just lift my shoulders up and it's just tension. But we've covered passing from headquarters, then half guard. Not half guard. Delaheva, lasso, yeah. half guard. It was literally everything back to headquarters. <laughs> every, every position. <laughs> really, I have to say, and I don't give compliments out very often, but the way you teach is very, very good. Oh, thank you so much. It comes across really, really easy to pick up, very engaging, and well, you could see 50 people there that all learn pretty much exactly what you wanted them to learn. Yeah, no, I was really happy with how well people were picking it up. Yeah. And it's so much, like we were saying before, it's like so much better to do it over a weekend. Yeah. It's just, you just see people progress. Like that's what's so frustrating with seminars is I'll teach it and then you can see some people aren't getting it because you can't get to the whole room as yeah. well. And then you can see some people still are struggling and it hasn't clicked for them. And then I'm I'm leaving kind of like, oh, I feel like I didn't do as good as I could have. And it's yeah. just hard to get around. So it's doing it over a weekend, four sessions is ideal. It's perfect, yeah. and I think you get to see everyone's progression. Yeah. So you know yourself whether or not they're picking it up and whether you have to go over the same thing again. Yeah. Or they're all ready to move on. And also you get to see when they just the heads are just mashed. Just <laughs> yeah. sat there kind of They sit and they start to stare off. at the wall and they're like, I'm done. And I'm like, yeah, okay, time to move on yeah, or get them to roll. Yeah. Now, yeah. We, now we've finished the drilling because you can't even remember your own name, so let's go and spar. <laughs> and yeah, it works really, really well. I said that's that's why I started doing the camps with, for that simple reason that yeah. people come to teach seminars and stuff and watch people and watch them pick up a technique but you don't know whether it, they've retained it at all. Yeah, and, and I find that like whenever I'd go to a seminar, it was to stare at the famous person. <laughs> so like we had Marigali over, and it was just like we were all like just staring at him, staring at Marigali, <laughs> and we were like, yeah, and I don't remember what I don't remember what he taught. He was a really good teacher, but because it was just that one session. Yeah. Um, like I couldn't retain it even though it was really good it was just like you just didn't have that time to get the drills in Yeah. Um, so it was nice to actually you know with the intention of what you want to do with a seminar is actually learn some techniques yeah so it was good. And especially with the camps over the full weekend like I said to you earlier less is more when you come to do the techniques cover a nice base of what you want to teach which was essentially passing from headquarters and then how to deal with everything around that yeah and that works beautifully in the way that everybody learns it yeah and they get that and you can see them progressing from one session to the next to the next and everyone was sparring differently from the beginning or the end of the first session to the end of the last session yeah and not just because they were exhausted <laughs> but because they picked things Probably up that, yeah. well yeah i mean <laughs> I was tired, mm, very tired, <laughs> but no, it was actually really nice for me, I didn't have to watch over everybody, because yeah. I was kind of sit and skim the room and go, oh, who's struggling, who isn't, and nobody was really struggling. No, no it, was, it, was, it was cool, That's, yeah, because really, all the really stuff good. is pretty simple anyway, to be fair, like I don't really do anything particularly mad, like I mean like I do, there's certain things I like to play guard and, and do those things, but um, like for, in terms of passing, I, th- I keep it pretty basic. Yeah. Well, oh my God, it's basic too, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, it's pretty simple. No, well, one thing I noticed that you did, that I definitely haven't been doing is 
as you're passing, you're taking that diagonal angle, but you take it with such, I don't want to say force, because that's not the right term, but you just step into it so solidly that it's like, oh, hold on, you're much closer than I thought you were going to be, <laughs> like three seconds ago. And it, it's just so positionally dominant that once you're there, I was thrown. Oh, Absolutely you. <laughs> thrown. You're just cutting the angles. I'm, I'm now going to go away and practice and make everything better, but... But I don't even, it's kind of like some things, I don't know if you find this when you teach, but mm. there's some things that I didn't used to say when I would teach the techniques that I say now, and it's probably more to what I'm doing when I'm passing that I still haven't been able to understand. Yeah. So I can't explain it back to someone, and hopefully like in the next few months or years, I'll be able to actually articulate that when I'm teaching. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, if you, like I used to teach how I learned it, but then when... I would look at how I was doing it. I was like, I don't actually do it the way I'm telling people. I'm just copying what my instructor said to me. And then without me realizing, I've changed it in the role to suit me better. Mm. Um, and then I had to actually look and go, do I really point my knee this way or do I point it inwards or whatever it is? Yeah. Um, and then I realized, no, I actually do it like this because, and I was like, why do I do it like that? And I was like, oh, actually it helps me clear the knee or whatever it is. Um, and kind of actually assessing what I'm, what I'm doing and not, just like cookie cutter of what my instructor would say, which works for them, but isn't yeah. what I'm doing. So I don't know. That comes down to quite simply, very much what I do when I'm teaching anything or, or doing anything at all is you just constantly ask why. Yeah. And I think it, it looks, you can look at it from all walks of life, but the simple fact is if you're doing something because somebody else taught you it and you've never asked why or tried to change it in any way, you're not progressing it. You just like you're just a cookie cutter, exactly yeah. the same again. So asking why you're doing something and what you're doing is differently and assessing that it, it's how everything grows. Yeah. So I, I really try and not even just with this, but with everything that I'll do, I'll just constantly ask why to the point where it's really annoying. <laughs> you why are you doing that though? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> like a th- like my three year old. Why? 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 <sighs> why do you think? He always has an answer though. Why do you think? And he'll come back with like some really clever answer. I'm like, no, you're too clever. Not having that. <laughs> <laughs> Not having that. I'm going to start asking why now. But no, I think it's it's something that as an instructor that's, that is really important, constantly ask why things happen the way they happen. Yeah. And I find that really, really useful. And it's good to hear you do as well. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's reassuring to hear that other instructors are yeah, doing that. the same way. Yeah, yeah. trying to... Because, Let's face it, I'm a bloke with one arm, so I teach a lot of things very, very differently because yeah. I've had to establish how it's worked for me. So I'll teach whatever, like a scissor sweep, for example. Really, really simple technique. Collar, sleeve, out, flip. I actually noticed loads of people who are good at that. Sorry. Side note, I noticed a few people who are really good scissor at scissor sweeps. Yeah, I was like, yeah sorry about that. <laughs> but, sorry, and that's it. So that's how I was taught. It was collar and sleeve, hip, yeah. distance, and whack them over the top. I never grabbed the sleeve. Yeah. Because it's not... I'm waving my arms around like an idiot. So instead of trying to grab the sleeve, you just work the timing. Yeah. So then other people start copying that, not knowing why, just mm-hmm. because they're copying what I'm doing. But it works. Yeah. You, know, you could grab the sleeve sooner. I don't need to. <laughs> just do it this way. But that's it. It's every time you adapt something for yourself and... Being able to pass that across to somebody, I think, is really, really important. 
Yeah, definitely. In the way you explain it. What I found interesting is when um, it's quite a good point right at the start of the first technique when you sort of step in and give up De La Hiva. Yeah. Um, but you're just doing that because you just get used to it, don't you? And then settle into that position and then you, you ask yourself, why am I actually doing this? Yeah. And then, because you don't need to. Like, yeah, like, like it saying. was so cool. I remember just, I rolled with Talitz, sorry, I'm going to name drop now, but <laughs> I rolled with Talitz and Suarez and he was mm. like, why do you keep putting your, like, like no one had ever said it to me. They probably did notice, but not like fully. Um, and they were just like, well, she's easy to sweep. <laughs> um, and then he was like, why do you keep stepping into like a Delahiva? And I was like, I don't know. That's where I pass from. And he was like, it's not the same position. Like headquarters is headquarters and this is you just putting yourself in Delahiva. And I was like, oh my God. and it was so obvious and I was like that's so obvious and then Marcus he passes in a a low squat like everything he does comes off that low squat he pops up and he does like Toriandos but then he goes back to that low squat Yeah. and then I was like I need to be I don't need I was so high up in my headquarters and then I just like sat down on my heels and it just made it way better then I was like okay this kind of combines the two and same but I'm very lazy with it I go on my knees at the First given opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Just on my knees and grind my way in a little bit and work that. But actually being up on your feet means you're so much more mobile. Yeah. That's I like being able to pop and like pop. <laughs> like pop out of position and then bail out. Yeah. So like whenever someone's dragging me into a position um, and locking me in, that's where I struggle because I get slowed down. And obviously when I train in the gym, I'm... I'm not the smallest by any means, but I'm one of the smaller people, usually. So I want to use my speed as best as I can. So I like to be, even though I showed all pressure passing and I love pressure passing, like the way I'm doing it, I'm always like hopping around. Mm. Like I'm always like cutting back and forth um, rather than staying static in one place. So I like to be able to bail out of positions because then I can scuttle around <laughs> as quickly as possible. <laughs> no, well, actually that makes perfect sense from the from the point of view of when we rolled it. I'm yeah. sort of going... Here, allow me to put my butterfly hooks in. You just like, no. got up and just disabat. Oh well, that was that one done. We'll just carry on. Just around. Like, what's yeah, wrong just, with this one? No, just well, there goes the butterfly guard. Oh no, yeah, okay. It was just gone. I'm like, oh, yeah, she is in and out very much. Like flipping around, movement that I'm not used to at all. Thank you. I don't like it. If somebody grabs my legs, I'm like, oh, no, just go away. Yeah. Okay. Off. I love the two pants. <laughs> yeah, two pants. Yeah, and run. I, I actually tell everybody that trains with me, it's like, if you want to pass my guard, control my legs and go to yeah. my left. Same. And you will pass my guard very, very easily. And then I'll actually have to do some work to. I shouldn't announce that, but that's the same way that <laughs> you can beat me so easy. Just, just circle to the other side. <laughs> I don't have a guard on that side. Well, saying that, I've, I've been nerding over Shanji Ribeiro recently and watching a lot of his fights and he essentially says the same thing yeah he's like not had his guard passed since something like 2010 11 something like that and like you see he's had his back taken yeah that's not a guard pass you don't get your three points for that (laughs) (laughs) I don't care if you're on my back yeah doesn't count (laughs) Um, but yeah and he's essentially said just don't let them go to the dark side yeah and don't let them pass that I'm like oh yeah that's that's oh, actually fair. really, really simple. <laughs> yeah. Don't let them do it. Well, it's not always that easy. But <laughs> it's like, just don't let them. Look, so you can't get past. Uh, just don't let them. 
Oh, fair enough. <laughs> it's essentially the same thing, isn't it? Don't let them control which angle your hips at. Yeah, it's like the, the usually the problem, like people will ask questions and, and it's so deep down. Like they're like, how do I get out of mount? Obviously that's an extreme example. It's like you've, you're in such a bad place. Obviously there's ways of getting out, but... You screwed up a long Like time your ago. arm is above your head. You're almost in an arm bar. It's, it was a long way back. It was probably from the beginning, right as they engaged on their guard pass, they got the two pants, for example, mm. and that's where you went wrong. You didn't win the grip right at the very beginning, and even though maybe their defence was good up till then, it's so hard to get back once someone's got that advantage at the beginning. Yeah. So his, he went wrong a long time ago. <laughs> I, yeah, I think we all said it as lower belts when you talk to your coach, you how do I get out of a rear naked choke? <laughs> uh, and, and the very simple answer is, just don't get there in the first, don't let them just put tap, it in. tap, yeah. yeah. Tap and start again. <laughs> tap and then let go. And then stop them getting to their first. Yeah. That wasn't the answer that I wanted, but I no. guess it's about as realistic a one as <laughs> we're going to get. And at the start, it's not even helpful at the start. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I tell you how to get out. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the basic ways, but. Yeah. Yeah, rear naked choke. I hate being in there. I tap very quickly. <laughs> so just start again. Yeah, that fast you get tap burn on your hand. <laughs> oh really quick. So, going completely off topic, what draws you into jiu-jitsu over everything else? Um, I've always done like grappling or any sort of male-dominated yeah. Yeah. <laughs> male sports for some reason. Um, and I think it's because I, I was always told I was strong. Um, like I used to do rugby and I did judo, mainly judo and in judo the people would say I was strong because I always like, you know, you kind of build an identity around mm. that then so I think that was like something for me because it was like a good thing that people would tell me I kind of took that, not as my identity as being the strong person but like I don't know, I kind of took pride in that then, yeah. you know, I like, oh I'll do arm wrestling with the boys and stuff like that so it's like I don't know, um, I didn't have much to take pride in <laughs> Evidently, I didn't have much. Um, so, yeah, and when I quit judo then, um, jiu-jitsu, it was CRA, Ash's gym, was, like, yeah. around the corner. And I heard of a few people who went there and just got into it through that then. I thought, this is like, this is like judo, but slightly different. I'll give when, it a go. So when you were ju- doing judo, were you, were you more involved in, or did you prefer the sort of randori or the neowaza? I hated New Aza. You hated so all the groundwork. I hated groundwork. Whenever I'd lose, is I'd get armbarred. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. And I didn't think, oh, I need to learn groundwork. Um, you just thought, I just, stupid groundwork. I was like, whatever, I just don't want to do it. And, and no one in the gym really would do much groundwork as well. Yeah. It was just so weird. I don't know why it never occurred to me to work on my groundwork. But clearly. <laughs> um, the, yeah. sort of, the sort of judo split based on one of the sort of judo guys, coaches around here that trains with us, their split is like the complete opposite of mm. ours where they do, he personally, because he trains with me, does a little bit more groundwork. Yeah. But his is like 85% randori and stood up and standing throwing drills and only 15% groundwork, whereas mm. we're probably the complete and utter flip yeah. of that. Yeah. And they say it, I think, I don't know where they lost it because... I learnt to arm lock from Steve Gawthorpe. So we went out to Tenerife when Ben Popperton was doing a camp out there and it was like being beaten up by my granddad. It was wonderful. <laughs> Honestly, I used to I used to have really flexible arms and now they don't even straighten. Oh my god. <laughs> he, he arm crushed me. Oh, it was Jesus. like a real simple arm crush and I went 
that really, really hurt. Now I need to learn to do that so I can do it on everybody. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely just changed the way I looked at arm locks. And I'm like, well, if this comes from judo, why aren't all judoka really, really good arm lockers? Yeah. There is a few. Yeah, yeah. But the majority of the high-level arm lockers are from competing in judo in like the 80s yeah it's like the older generation yeah. and then nowadays i don't know about right now but when i was training there was no emphasis on it we like we barely ever did it and when we did it it was like begrudgingly doing it just yeah. nobody wanted to be there the instructor didn't even care about what he was showing yeah. or what she was showing so it was it was hard to get into it because it would just be a fucking juju roll every time yeah just like a rolling armbar with no no real details no one could really do it very well and the amount of time it was like 10 seconds on the ground at the time I don't know if it's changed now maybe it's I think slightly longer but you'd be on the ground for so short of a time that no one really bothered yeah 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 I'm not sure what it is I think I might be wrong I think a pin has to be 20 seconds but you could essentially be in an arm lock with the other person on the back and stand up and as long as you lift them ever so slightly yeah they have to let go your arm could be snapping, but they have to let go. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, very, very strange. But that's sort of the way that they've gone. It's a little bit of the reason I don't want sort of the Olympic Committee getting involved in jiu-jitsu. Mm, I, think. I think that too. Because of when you actually deal with them a little bit, and I barely dealt with them, it was only through judo. Yeah. You kind of realise how much the politics of it comes into it and how much people who don't really know anything yeah. about the sport at all have such a hand in everything. Yeah. And you could be lucky with jiu-jitsu. You could have the best people ever running it, but the Olympic Committee in general could just be like, mm. no, we've got to change the rules. And... Yeah, I think... So, you, so you'll have had it, your sort of exposure to it from judo. Mine was through swimming. And uh, um, when they've... From my experience, they did like... I don't know what they call them now, but it was like you had your world-class start, potential, and elite groups yeah and you would have people that would oversee those groups and you'd have to meet certain training requirements to be able to stay in the groups to get any funding and things like that and uh within the swimming world it was people looking over it and saying right you need to essentially be doing over 25 hours of training a week wow so you could be doing <laughs> swimming in the morning swimming at night cross training in the middle of the day all the while working because can't afford it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got to work, um, and they would assess you weekly, and look at you, and you're not training enough here. But at no point was anybody going, "Yeah, do you know what? That's a hell of a lot of training." Yeah. Considering that's insane. <laughs> like, especially considering your event that you're doing might be hundred meter sprint, but usually at most a four hundred, where you're yeah. only in the water for four minutes. And you're doing that amount of training. And that was the biggest thing. So I remember going, why do? Why have we got to train this much? Yeah. Like everybody trains this much. Somebody's always training more than you. Like, yeah. Yeah, but that's not necessarily clever. Yeah, that's what shocked me about it as well. It's like, there was no... I was saying about the traumatic camps I used to do again. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and it was just wasn't smart. It was like, just burn yourself into the ground and the strong survive. Just reiterate the traumatic <laughs> judo camps, not the camps that we've just not, done. Not this camp, no, no, no. Different one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah and, and I think a lot of, especially with the younger kids, my kids group, I won't force them to compete. If they yeah. want to compete, I will be there and I'll support them absolutely. But I think the pressure, pressuring, especially when you look at 
when when does an athlete peak? 24, 25 is what they say, kind of. Yeah, depends. it depends. Unless yeah. it's gymnasts and then it's like 14. three. <laughs> yeah. It's just <laughs> insane. Um, but you're putting so much pressure on somebody so young mm. that you, you can, you'll see it in yourself. You'll see parents kind of sitting to the side and watching the kids and getting a little bit too involved. And yeah. I'm the first one as a coach to go, look, just leave them to it. Yeah. Don't force them, don't push them, don't because you'll just they'll quit. Yeah. They'll quit, they'll fall out of love with it, let them come and go. It's only when they get to sort of sixteen, seventeen, then they'll decide if that's what they want to do. Yeah, true. I don't think you can force it onto them. No, like it's it's like we've got um some great pa- we're actually lucky in the gym, we've got really good parents who are very encouraging but they they don't overstep. Yeah. I mean, they're like they're excited for their kid yeah. and like they'll take them places and, and stuff like that but they but you can see the kids genuinely love it whereas, that's what you want yeah that's really what you want I, yeah. I, I, I more than encourage that it's when it goes a little bit oh, too fast yeah. luckily we don't have much of that yeah I tend to make my opinion known of it very very early on but that's uh, it's a difficult one um, definitely so I said jiu-jitsu is the sport of the addict mm always have to, it has to be you have to be a little bit mental and you've got to be a little bit weird and if you weren't doing this you'd probably be doing something else to a really highly addictive level yeah or in a crack house <laughs> one of those levels why do you find it so addictive um ooh, i don't know maybe because i secretly love crack um, <laughs> <laughs> how did you know um i don't know i it's the only, I don't know, it's the only thing I've ever been any good at. <laughs> so, for me personally, I just, I don't even like the exercise side of it. No, like the, no I just the, want to fight people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just purely like the problem solving. Yeah. So when something goes wrong, I'm like, well, that was crap. I have to then go back and fix it for myself. Yeah. So I, I find that anyone that has that sort of mentality that enjoys problem solving. Yeah. I think they really take to this. You don't have to be physical. You don't have to be explosive and strong and have all the sort of physical attributes that you need to be an athlete. You've just got to be able to problem solve quicker than somebody else. Yeah. That's what I find really addictive about it. I love that too, but I'm, I've always been, I've always been a person who struggles with drilling and yeah. struggles with learning, <laughs> literally, um, which is funny because I just taught seminar. Uh, but I would struggle to take information in like when I would first start jiu-jitsu, I didn't know what people were saying when they would teach because I would panic so much thinking about how I was going to forget what they were showing. <laughs> I would freak never out. never take it in in the first place. I, yeah, I couldn't take it in. I was like, and I would do that in school as well when I was learning. I would kind of, my brain would turn off because mm. I'd start to panic because I was like, I'm going to be slower picking this up than everyone and it's going to be embarrassing. And then my brain would be panicking so much about that that I couldn't focus. Now it's fine because if that starts to happen, I've trained for so long now that I can piece things together from just seeing the same techniques come and go. So, yeah. it's, and obviously now I've got a lot of confidence in this. So yeah. it's like, no, it's fine. I can figure it out. I've calmed down now. Um, but at the beginning, I would just panic and I just couldn't focus. Um, but I liked. I would learn much better under stress. So I learn way better when I positionally spar or when I roll. Mm. And someone just goes, "Okay, you're gonna try and get to this position and like give me a little goal." That works way better for me personally. Now I can drill, and drilling is obviously very important. But that's how I was, I've always learned best. Yeah. Um, and I think I like that it taught me how 
how to, and it would show me different ways of learning. Mm. I think that's what I love the most, that it made me feel like, oh, I'm smart now. Dream, like I'm not really, <laughs> obviously. Um, but it kind of made me feel like, oh, I'm not stupid. Like I can work at something and reach goals. And I found that really addicting. And I think from, I love that feeling of pushing myself physically as well, because in judo, we used to push ourselves physically a lot. Um, you start to enjoy that feeling of mm. like, I'm absolutely wrecked and I want to keep pushing myself um, and so I, I, I love that as well I just loved being an athlete yeah more than the what more than what judo was I, I just loved being an athlete and, yeah yeah so then I was like jiu-jitsu this is awesome and I want to do it <laughs> how do you find that teaching helps you learn um, or does it not it it's so much it, it helps me learn way better yeah because then I'm like why because I, I found like sometimes people would teach me things and it just wouldn't click for me and I'd be like okay why am I doing this and they'd be like well just because you do it uh, no. and I was like no I need more yeah. <laughs> you don't understand I need an analogy I need you to fucking call it an animal name I don't know yeah. for some reason I'm like a child like that's how I learn <laughs> if you remember like the amount we did today someone was like oh burrito and I was like I will never forget this now because <laughs> I'm thinking of wrapping someone up like a burrito um, <laughs> and it is like a kid it's like yeah. being a child but apparently I learned that way um, so when I teach it's like I have to think about how to relay this to someone simply which is why I don't like this uh, I know I know the brilliant like Dan who's a brilliant teacher obviously but I struggle with it because I don't know what these big words mean and I need mm. a thesaurus and, it's, <laughs> and for like intellectuals it's brilliant for them because they understand it but like I need to be taught in the simplest way possible. So teach me like I'm a child. and So I kind of teach that way. No, but it, <laughs> I'm it not works. selling my teaching, but I teach it in a simple way because I'm like, it doesn't need to be complicated. No, so I, I've sort of taken... Because I, 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 I've got my guard retention seminar next weekend and it's something I've been working on specifically to teach it for the past 12 months. So yeah. I've watched, I've watched Anna's guard retention DVD and... I, I can see how for some people it's brilliant. Yeah. But for me personally, it was way too complex. Yeah. It was it gets much, a bit overwhelming. Yeah, it was much more complex than it needs to be. Uh, and then I said, I've been watching a lot of Shanji Ribeiro, so he's not had his guard passed. I figured he's probably a good person yeah. to watch the guard <laughs> retention. So went to watch him, and all I've done is study these people and then watch them compete and fight. And for yeah. Dan, who obviously watches students compete and mm -hmm. fight. And then essentially pick out what's useful and throw the rest away mm -hmm. and then do it again and see if I've got anything else and put it into a really, really, as simple as I can possibly get it so that like with the camps, you can do it over the weekend or over the seminar and then literally go back to your gym the next day and not forget any of it. Yeah. And it'd be really, really simple. I think that's the best way of doing it. Why make things more complicated than they have to be? Oh, yeah, I agree, and I need to think like most of jujitsu is catered to hobbyists, mm. yeah. <laughs> so I don't think they want to sit there through this. Well, I mean, some people do, and they and they love that, obviously. Like I'm just speaking for myself, but I think if you just work a nine to five, you come to the gym and you're like, I just want, I just want to fight people. <laughs> I just yeah. want to get some exercise in. I just want to learn it as simply as possible. I don't want too much information. Um, so yeah, yeah. just be able to problem solve and just work your stress out yeah and that's the, it's the best stress relief because if you're worried about what you've got going on at home and why your fridge is broken then somebody's <laughs> going to strangle you in that time and then you're very quickly going to forget why your fridge is broken yeah. 
not think you can't physically think about it the only thing is now because because this is my job now is that it follows me everywhere <laughs> and, and my bad sessions haunt me so <laughs> that's the only yeah. thing like I love it and I'm so grateful to be able to do this but Jesus Christ I wish I had an escape from this sometimes even yeah. though I love it and I love training if I've had like a bad tournament or something um I had a bad result or whatever or just like a general bad time of training you know have like you have just have a slump sometimes yeah. I'm like I need to like get into cooking or <laughs> something you else know, I've, I've spoke about because again I've done very so I've made my hobby my career mm. and in which case I'm going right it, it's brilliant it's wonderful and I, I wouldn't change it but sometimes yeah. it does just get too overwhelming and you need an escape from it yeah I went you know what I think I'm going to get singing lessons Ooh. never did oh. <laughs> I'm not saying I won't <laughs> you should I'm not saying I won't I, I probably need them just to talk more um <laughs> But yeah, I'm not saying I never will, but it was just an idea of something just a little bit out of the way. Yeah. Just uh, escapism. Escapism from it. And I think it's it's necessary, even if your hobby is your job. That's what everybody will say to you. Oh, well, you, know, you don't really have a job, do you? It's your <laughs> hobby. It's like, no. Yeah, but, you know. It's because you like your job, doesn't that's it? Mean it's not work. Yeah, you're trying to sort of... Make you feel bad for enjoying your job. Oh, yeah. People are always like, oh, look at you jet-setting again. But there's like, <laughs> there's this weird tone where they're like angry at me. And I'm like, no, it's incredible. And I'm really grateful. But um, it's like, yeah, I'm going. And I'm, you don't understand. I'm, like, I went to America. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to America jet-setting. And I'm like, yeah. But like, I can't eat for these free, I can't eat much for these three weeks because I'm dieting. And then I got to do hot baths and sweat it off and... Then I got to compete, and someone's trying to kill me on the mat. Like during this, like it's amazing, yeah. and I love, I absolutely love it. And but sometimes I'm like, it's still, it's, it's still a lot. It's like, yeah. it's overwhelming sometimes. How, how do you deal with nerves before you step on the mat then? Or do um, you not really? Well, like the way that what helped me was competing as often as possible because mm. I was like, I'm never not going to be nervous because I've competed since I was a child, like in other things, like in judo and yeah. stuff, um, and. I've still got nerves now at 26, so obviously they're not going to go away. So I found the best way was to just continuously compete because I'd leave such big gaps. Yeah. Obviously COVID. Yeah, never helped. Kind of ruined that for me. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, I did like just tournaments over and over and over again. And then I had my best results. Like 2019, I had like the best year ever mm. for myself. And um, like that's where I got most of my success that year. And then coming into 2020, I was like, cool, I'm feeling on fire now. And I was going to have longer breaks, but still keep it, you know, flowing through. Yeah. And, and now I'm going to get that momentum back now after COVID, hopefully. But that experience of getting used to how I feel in tournaments is still there. Like, it doesn't go away now just mm. because I've had a big break. Like, when I went to World Nogi, like, I was a bit more nervous than normal because, obviously. <laughs> but I was like, it's the same. It's not, it's, it. I understand this. Like, I understand this feeling and it, it's... Yeah. You just kind of get comfortable with with how you feel. With that sort of anxiety. You, yeah, like you're like, I know what to expect. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to feel like I can't move. I'm going to not want to want to... I'm not going to want to warm up, but I have to because mm. I always feel better when I warm up. So then I go warm up and I'm like, okay, now I feel better even though I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I wanted to just curl into a ball and sit there. <laughs> I used to... Again, because I sort of swam all through my childhood. Never really got... Never really did nerves. I was just kind yeah. of bouncing yeah. <laughs> around just yeah this is great 
they sort of bring cameras in and film them and put them on whatever the hell they put them on. It was prior mm. to like BBC being all over it at the time. And I was just sort of bouncing around. So I never really did nerves. Yeah. And then the first ever jiu-jitsu competition I did was just, I think I was working down south doing a different job and went in and went, yeah, it's no, it's no different really. Everyone's yeah. sort of hanging around doing the same thing. Got my absolute ass handed to me and went, oh, so losing's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And just carried on from there. So I never really felt, I never thought I felt nerves. Yeah. And so I didn't get the standard butterflies in your stomach or... Well, you know what toilets are like when you go to oh my god yeah (laughs) everyone is nervous (laughs) yeah so just didn't i didn't get any of that at all i could literally just sit in the corner fall asleep wake up warm up go do my fight and i didn't feel anything and then when i uh sort of went to a tournament with my wife she went are you tired no no you keep yawning yeah maybe i'm a bit tired then yeah do you know that in horses yawning is a sign of anxiety i went Shit. <laughs> maybe I do do nerves a little bit then. <laughs> maybe that's how yours manifests. Yeah. You know? I thought, yeah I th- and I, th- I think that now I've sort of, now it's been pointed out to me that glass is now broken. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> ah, yeah, maybe I do do a bit of anxiety then. Damn it. I thought I never got nervous. <laughs> how did you find competing in sort of America as opposed to here? Um, I think you see it when the Americans or the Brazilians do Europeans. Mm. and how tired they are when they come over especially the Americans because all the tournaments are always in America mm. and um, you see how wrecked they are and it gives you that appreciation of okay when I go to the US like when you go to California like where most of the tournaments are usually um, it's like a 10 hour time difference so you're in absolute bits like I am falling I remember I did Nogi Worlds once as a purple belt yeah. and I could only afford to be there for like three days Yeah. and like fly on the fourth day so I was in the bullpen and it was like meant it was like two a.m. at home or something. It was yeah. Like Four p.m. at night. And I was falling asleep between. I was like, and I was nervous, <laughs> but I was like, I'm too exhausted to be properly nervous. Properly nervous. Yeah. I'm falling asleep because like there's such there's like an hour gap between each round because it just takes so long. Yeah. Um, so I was so exhausted. Now I can go out for a little bit longer. And, like, next time I go out, I'm going to go out for, like, a few months at a time. I'm not going to do the whole go for the week. Yeah. Because it, it, I notice it more and more now that, like, I'm so jet-lagged. I'll do it before when I was absolutely skint and I could not afford to be there. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly bawling now, don't get me wrong. But uh, now I can afford to be out there for longer. Yeah. I would definitely give Men myself that, that time. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's well, such an advantage then and to not be the, falling asleep. Yeah, well, then you get the sort of... The ability to have a look around as well and yeah. actually enjoy the, that side of things instead of oh, just yeah so many regrets of not going around certain places yeah. and not seeing them just so st- like obviously i couldn't afford to at the time but now yeah. i'm like i'm gonna stay for an extra day or an extra two days actually see the place <laughs> yeah well I, I uh on the jet like i i sort of used to know a pilot um who flew in he, he, he said to us that for every hour of time difference it takes you a full day to recover really it was what he'd said now, <laughs> that makes I, sense i feel better now <laughs> yeah i mean i don't i don't know the sort of science behind it it was just pilot's knowledge i guess yeah um yeah funny guy took me up in a little light aircraft made it do a loop the loop and i threw up out the window <laughs> 
did when I, when I was that was my reward he said I got my first oh. first British record when I was swimming he went come on oh, wow. I'll, ta- I'll take you flying I went, <laughs> this make you ill yeah that's an ace <laughs> idea so disappeared up went in this tiny little plane oh it was brilliant and he went right you ready loop the loop oh my <laughs> god right hold on a minute head out the window don't put your head out of a window of a plane wasn't going particularly fast sort of threw up out the window oh it would go back at you would you it sort of shot past I had to clean the plane through when we got back (laughs) wasn't too bad the air got rid of most of it but yeah yeah, it was uh, it was an experience definitely hopefully no one was underneath you I hadn't even thought of that you know well (laughs) that's their problem uh, yeah that is their problem ooh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you what I ate the night before either that's going a bit too graphic so we've done in the count this time we've done passing yeah we'll get you back in hopefully this summer when oh, it's nice good. and yeah. we'll go to the lake in the lunch break and there we go you can all go in and I'll stand off at the side and go, <laughs> yeah it's cold in there I'm not doing that but we'll do that August September time awesome. maybe, do, maybe do some guard work because yeah your feet Pummeling was frustratingly good. <laughs> Thank you. I love guard as well. Like I, yeah. I, wish, I always end up teaching passing at these things, and um, because people are always like, "Oh yeah, you do your passing," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do it." And um, but I, I love guard. I've been yeah. It, t- it tends to be that's going to be something that being somebody smaller, you kind of force into it a lot of the time. Yeah, just naturally. And after a while of being forced into it, you just go, oh, all right, and then it just drop onto your back. <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, we'll get something in in the pipeline for summer time. Roughly, yeah. Yeah, awesome. roughly. We'll work out what, what whatever schedule you've got going on, we'll work around it. We'll get something back in for summer and we can work on that pummeling the legs back in where you push it out and it appears like a an octopus it's just it was really really interesting thank you but no thank you very much for coming up this weekend oh no it worries thank absolutely you for having wonderful. me the feedback has been insane so Yay. I would recommend for every instructor that's got a gym to get you in as often as they can because it was really really good um, I think we'll finish there we'll just mention we've got Ash Williams is coming up on the 8th and 9th of January we're doing a day of ghee and a day of nogi, and I'm gonna much prefer the day of ghee because it'll be cold and I've got <laughs> my blanket wrapped round me. I might get a fleece lined ghee. Oh my god, that's something that should be made. Yeah. Especially in the UK. Fleece Someone make that now. Progress, winter. go make that. <laughs> I'm gonna work on it. I think I might just, I've gotta go see a seamstress tomorrow, so I might just take one of my older geese and get yeah. it to fleece line it for me. Oh my 